Hello and welcome back to Little MB. Well, here is a book review. First off, probably smarter to say this at the beginning. If you like what I do here, subscribe, whatever platform you listen to. Uh, if you like giving it a good rating, I'd appreciate it. It would help get it out a little bit. And click on the notifications because... In case you haven't noticed, I do episodes as I get ideas and things come up. I'm not going to just put something out once a week, put crap out there, just so I'm putting something out. So, uh, Like I said, book review on My Grandmother's Hands is the name of the book. There's a subtitle that goes along with it. It's... It's about racial trauma and mending our minds and bodies, something along those lines. Rather long title. It's by a man named Resma Menachem. That's R-E-S-M-A-A-M-A-N-A-K-E-M. I would suggest reading the book. Personally, it took me a long time to read because there were certain things the man said that, frankly, pissed me off. I thought was off base. And so if I get upset with something, I walk away from it and then come back. Because just because you don't agree with something doesn't mean good points aren't made. Point in case... There were, who was the first person, first person I've heard of in history, that said they wanted an automobile built that would be cheap enough for every family to own one. That was Hitler. One of the biggest pieces of shit in history. Yet that's a pretty good idea. Yet most people would tune anything the man set out because of what a piece of shit he is. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Resma Menachem is a piece of shit. I sure as hell ain't saying that. You know, I, from what I gather, I'd assume he's a pretty good guy. This is just something I have... There's certain things he says that I have major issues with. Now, one of the things I've never even heard of, I've never even heard of, and if it actually exists, then the man is right. It's a load of crap. And anybody who believes in it is full of shit. Now, obviously, those are my words, not his. At least ways he didn't put it that way in his book. But the idea is white fragility. That black people are physically stronger than us. They aren't as emotional as us and you basically would have to annihilate them in order to bring them down. I mean, just look at the obvious, you know, if, if this was the case, who would have enslaved who back in the day, you know, and that's not saying that they're weaker. I'm just saying, obviously this concept of white fragility that we need to be comforted by black people because we're weaker than them and they're scary to us. 
if this is legit, like I said, I've never heard of it. But if it's legit, it's a load of shit. Plain and simple. I mean, my God. People, people are people. Everybody feels physical pain. Everybody's got emotional pain of some kind. Now there's people that are stronger than others. Get it. But it's not racial. It isn't racial at all. And I'll go ahead and talk about some of the better stuff. Because the first part of the book, there's three parts to it. The first part is the hardest for me to listen to. Because I don't much agree with it. Um, the man is at minimum a psychologist, I do believe. I'm not positive on that because the, it didn't say by Dr. Resma Menachem, but either way, he's, he's got some degrees that I do know. And the second and third part of the book, he offers different things that people can do in order to heal some of the racial trauma that they've experienced and things like that. Now, the stuff that he's talking about doing, it's good stuff to do no matter what kind of trauma you got, really. A lot of it's meditative. A lot of it's focusing on your mind, body, and soul. That kind of thing can be used for any kind of trauma. No matter what it is. You know, and... he, Like I said... He does bring up some good points, but I think that there's it's his approach that really bothers me and his neglect to talk about everything that bothers me. At one point in time, he's talking about essentially police brutality and how it is toward blacks versus whites. Now, anybody who knows me personally and has talked to me long enough, I'm sure you've heard me talk about me getting tased in the back while eating dinner by a cop that was fucking my wife. You know? Anybody who has grown up in a small white town understands how the police can be in said town. If for whatever reason they decide they don't like you, they will hound you. Guy I grew up with, same age as me. <laughs> it, it, so, it was so bad here at one point in time under a specific police chief that came from Chicago. Surprise, surprise. That to do the right thing, he left his vehicle parked at the bar and was walking home. And the police stopped him and gave him a public intoxication ticket. <laughs> Is this the same thing as... Being in fear for your life? No, obviously not. I can definitely see where when you have different cases, like I believe his name was Michael Brown. What was that? Ferguson, Missouri? Cases like, well, I guess Trayvon Martin was some asshole security guard, which regardless, that guy wasn't even white. And the cop that killed Prince Jones wasn't white. It doesn't really matter. It, 
he identifies the police essentially as their own entity. And he talks about how they're trained. So is it the same thing that a lot of black folks have had to experience? No. But police brutality is not universal towards black folks or unfairness. Um, it, I'd like to know where he gets his statistics because he says that at one point he says something along the lines of more blacks being killed by police than whites. I don't know if this is per capita split up by race or not. Because I know by sheer numbers, typically it's around twice the number of white people are gunned down by police every year than black folks. He does bring up interesting statistics. I think the year was maybe 2010 or 11. I believe 11. Where he's talking about the number of people killed in other countries. And I think Japan, their cops didn't kill anybody. So it's interesting, on average, in America, where 1,200 people are getting killed by police every year. You know, but what are the crimes like? Violent crimes in different situations. Once again, this isn't justifying, it's just questions I'm asking. Things I don't know. Questions that pop into my head. Now, the thing that I believe where he stacked the deck... He names a few situations in which some black people were shot by police and left to die. And then he brings up one case in which a police officer got in a high-speed pursuit. And when the guy on the motorcycle finally pulled over, the cop was in the middle of telling him to keep his hands where he could see him when his gun goes off and he shoots the guy. The guy was a white guy. The cop gets his first aid kit and is administering first aid. He implies that this happened because the guy was white instead of black. And this is where, and here's the thing. He maybe didn't pick up on something that I did pick up on that he was talking about. The cop that shoot, shot the white boy, this is the deal. From the beginning, he admitted he did something wrong. He's like, I can't believe I did that. He thought it was his training because three weeks before he had went through firearms training. And from the high stress, high tension situation of being in this high speed chase, this police officer believed that muscle memory just took over and he fired. In every single case that he talked about where it was a black person getting shot, in every single case, the police officer said, I feared for my life. I was scared to death. Do I believe these cops? Not necessarily. I don't know. I wasn't there. Some of these were definitely bullshit. You know, Officer asking for a license and the guy reaching for it. And then all of a sudden, seven rounds are pumped into him. 
while he's sitting in his car with his girlfriend and the girlfriend's daughter. Don't give me that shit. Oh, I feared for my life. That seems to be the catchphrase for cops to get off of shooting people. But to imply that just because that guy was white, because if that was a consistent thing where a cop shoots white people, when cops shoot white people, they offer first aid to them, but when they shoot black people, they just leave them in the street to die, then give me more than one case, because you gave me a number of cases where it was black people. But also by suggesting such a thing, it is suggesting that no cop has ever administered first aid to a black person that they shot. Have they? I don't know. I'm not saying they have. I'm not saying they haven't. I don't know. But if you're going to offer these kinds of situations, then I'd like to hear some situations in which, you know, you're given four or five, even more examples possibly, of how many black people were left to die in the street and one situation in which a cop helped the white person. Now, if this is a trend, then there's going to be more than that one case. Especially considering the fact that there are, once again, by number, I don't know about percentages, once again, I'm not sure his, it didn't come across to me as the statistics being clear in this regard. But twice the number of white people getting killed That's not just shot, but killed. If there's that many more white people getting killed, and this is a trend, there should be multiple examples of this. Not just the one. But the thing where I believe he ended up missing something very important was, like I said, the cop who shot the white dude immediately was like, I can't believe I did that. I screwed up. He never said, I feared for my life. He said it was a high-stress situation. Not one of the cops who shot a black person said that. They said, I feared for my life. Now, here's another thing. When it comes to police shooting suspects or whoever, they don't have to be a suspect, somebody they pull over, whatever. You know, he gave an example of a 13-year-old kid that's black who was shot and killed by a cop who was playing with a toy gun in a public park. Which is kind of fucked up. You know, if this would have been back in the day when I was a kid, it would have been a lot more understandable because back then, toy guns looked real. They started really messing with toy guns so they didn't look real to try to prevent such a situation from occurring. Now, did this kid have some old school toy that was maybe his dad's or something? I don't know. Either way, it's still kind of messed up that a cop just rolled up and gunned this kid down. No argument for me in that. That's kind of bullshit. And yeah, I'd kind of question, would that same thing have happened if the kid was white? Yeah, I'd have that question. But I think there's also more to it than that as well. I think a lot of it has to do 
with poor neighborhoods. Now, hear me out. Hear me out with this. It so happens that black people happen to live, when it comes to big cities, it seems to me, at least it's brought to my attention a lot more, let me put it that way, that there's more black folks in these ghettos than there are white folks. But I have to wonder if it was a white kid in a public park somewhere, would, you know, in, in the city like that, would he have been gunned down? I don't know. I'm not, I'm, trust me, I'm not saying that he would have, that it would have been the same. But I can tell you something too when it comes to police picking on people. If a cop finds out you live in a trailer park, I'm going to tell you something. They don't think a whole lot of you. They don't think a whole lot of you if you're poor, no matter what. Because there's more crime in poor areas than there are in middle class on up. Because people that go without, not all poor people are thieves, but there's more crime because people will take something if they need it. Whether it's a loaf of bread or something to just try to make money, who knows? Who knows? But a kid getting shot for playing in a park is pretty fucked up. And that's no matter what color he is. But the, it, one of the issues that we have, because he talks about white body trauma. And even though I think that it can exist, and I think it most likely does exist, I don't think it exists on the level that he claims. And I think there's more to blame. I think there's a specific entity, a couple entities to blame. Because most of the racism occurs within the media and within government. When you get regular folks on the street, they're usually fairly decent with one another. But you're going to cause some white body trauma because the thing is, I always hear about when a black person is killed by a cop. Now, if twice the number of white people are getting killed by cops than black people, you'd think I'd be hearing about that. But I don't. Not through the media, no. It's because they know it's going to sell. They know it's going to get people upset and get them riled up, get them to pay attention to their news. And that's exactly what happens. Look at the deal with George Zimmerman. I know I've talked about that before. The piece of shit ends up killing Trayvon Martin. And all this stuff gets started between black and white people. And how long was it before the media finally showed a picture of George Zimmerman and people saw that he was Hispanic? And by that point, people's heels were dug in. Nobody was backing down. That trouble has already started. Good luck to you. The media knows what it's doing. And so is the government. Th that goes on what I've t talked about before numerous times. I'm not going to dwell on it, but the government wants us divided because if we are, we're fighting with each other instead of paying attention to what they're doing because they're screwing us all over. Now, according to him, 
There's white body trauma that comes from the past 400 years of Africans being forced into slavery. Then afterwards, we had about a 12-year span where things were getting much better. It was slow, but it was still getting much better because in 1877, when Rutherford B. Hayes takes office, he put an end to Reconstruction and let the Democrats in the South back in political office. And they're the ones that gave us Jim Crow and segregation. So, yeah, I can understand that creating some white body trauma for those folks. And here's the thing. You can sit and say, well, you didn't have to live through any of that. The civil rights was done. And, you know, if you were born in the 70s or 80s, that was done. Well, here's the deal. My grandpa on my mom's side was born in 23 left home at the age of 14 in the middle of the depression. He told me a lot of things, a lot of things that made me think, a lot of things that gave me pause in certain situations. Do you think for one second that somebody's parent or grandparent that had to deal with that bullshit isn't going to pass some of those fears on? Now, in some, I would even think in most instances, like the black dudes I went to school with and were best friends with in the early 90s, you know, late 80s and early 90s, Cortez and Terrence. The fact that we were best friends and I had their back like they had mine, I mean, we literally would trade stuff. We were like brothers. We traded shit at lunch to where... If you give me a bite of your sandwich, you can have a bite of my apple crisp. We ate after each other. You know, there was zero freaking anything between us other than freaking love. But, guess what? If you are seen on the news all the time... If what you're seeing is only black people getting shot by the law, and you're black, you're going to have pause when it comes to the law. Whether it's justified where you live or not, you're going to have some pause. And I get it. When it comes down to it, I think the police are a little over-anxious, especially new cops. That's what I'd like to know, too. When it comes to everybody, these 1,200 people a year getting killed by the law, I'd like to know how many of them are new cops. Because I'll tell you what, that cop that was fucking my wife that tased me while I was eating, and that's not an exaggeration, it's not a lie. Literally, while I, was, I choked on a freaking french fry. He was fairly young. And one thing I noticed with cops in our town... It's the new bucks that come in that think they're dirty hairy and they're going to just wipe the streets clean of crime. And as they get older, they start relaxing. They start taking it easy. Instead of just wanting to throw you on your face and cuff you or tase you or whatever, 
they start saying, hey, chill out, dude. Knock it off or I'll have to run you in. They, they calm down as they get older. So I'd like to know the percentages of people killed, whether it's by relatively new cops or older cops. I think that'd be fascinating to know. Because he even says something to the effect of young cops versus older and wiser cops. The way he put it, too, I think was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. When you're new, you're going by training. And police training is shoot. As a cop gets older, training is replaced by experience and wisdom. Absolutely brilliant. Love it. Love it. But this is where I start getting upset. It feels like he's saying something that he knows that most white people are just going to get defensive about. Because let me tell you something. Read the book and you'll hear what he thinks of the progressives that want to cry and say, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Or, you know, oh, you got it so bad. You know, basically white middle-aged women. He isn't impressed. He isn't impressed at all. But he knows what he says is going to upset people, piss some people off. Like I said, I had to walk away and come back. At one point in time... It was taking me so long in the beginning. I was like, is this even worth it? Is this even worth it? And I was like, you know what? It is worth it. Because it's an important topic. It's very important. So yes, it's very freaking worth it. But it feels like he wanted to toss us white folk a bone. Because he says white body trauma does not just apply to black people or to Indians, or anybody of color. He says it also applies to white people. Because over the past thousand years, white people in Europe brutalized each other. He talked about different tortures and stuff. It's really not even necessary to get into all of that. Why then does he not talk about Black body trauma, red body trauma, yellow body trauma. I mean, when you go back and look at history, at what Africans used to do to each other. For one thing, African, I can't remember the name of the damn tribe, but there was a specific tribe and Nancy Pelosi and that other jerk off ended up putting on their specific patterns and their their specific garments and they kneeled for eight minutes and however long for George Floyd. And it turns out that the tribe that those garments represented were one of the tribes that would capture, take prisoner Africans and sell them to the Portuguese, Spanish, British, all up and down the West Coast as slaves. They'd trade them. That's where the majority of slaves came from. The majority of slaves, even though kidnapping took place, like the first slaves that touched down over here in 1619, I believe it was, 
even though the like in America's side, I believe they hit South America even earlier than that. Because the Indians couldn't handle the heat of working in the mines. But either way, kidnapping did take place. White people did stop and kidnap black people. But guess what? The overwhelming majority came from trade with other African tribes. The shit that they did to each other was no different than the shit that the white people in Europe were doing to each other. You went to war, you raped the women, you killed the men, took the children as slaves. What about the Indians? The Comanche and Apache didn't start shove, cutting off your dick and shoving it in your mouth and scalping you while you were still alive. They didn't start that practice when white people stepped foot on North America. Excuse me. That was something they'd been doing to each other for a long freaking time. Doing it to each other. Not to mention to white people. And I'm not going to sit and say white people weren't brutal back. They sure as hell were. But hell, the pilgrims, when they landed here, the first tribe they came in contact with and became friends with, Hey, they saw our thunder sticks, the muskets. And they went and found a tribe they'd been worn with, complete genocide. Killed every single person in that tribe. As recent as the 30s. I've talked about this before. Japan killing over 300 Chinese. The Japanese doing it. To make way for a military parade. They used to test the sharpness of their swords by chopping off either prisoner of war or civilians' heads. So why isn't there yellow body trauma? Why isn't there red body trauma? Shit, look at the fucking Mongols. They estimate they killed 10% of the world's population, which, if the world's population at that time is estimated to have been between five and six hundred million people, you're talking 50 to 60 million people. You're talking the statistics of World War II. And that's how many the Mongols killed. And you're talking with bows and arrows and with swords and knives. That's by hand, folks. That isn't sitting with a rifle or in a tank or dropping bombs. That's by hand. The fact is, the human race is nothing but a bunch of pieces of shit. Plain and simple. This idea of civility is the most recent thing in human history. It's the most recent thing. If you want to go basing stuff off what happened over the past thousand years and how people treated each other, did my God, I'd be afraid to talk to anybody. I don't care what color they are. So, no, I don't believe that he is right when it comes to that. I don't believe that slavery is in the DNA. I don't believe that I have white body trauma because of what Europeans did to each other for the past thousand years. 
Can white body trauma exist? Yes, it can. If a black person experiences racism from somebody, then by God, it's going to give them pause. And it's going to give them concern when it comes to other white people that they meet and come across. But I can tell you, I've met two or three different white people that grew up in the projects and they were racist because almost every day of their life they had to fight. They were getting jumped just for being white. So, it was, you know, they would have black body trauma. And they're going to have pause and they're going to have concern when it comes to meeting other black people. Trauma can exist. I'm not going to sit here and try to say it can't. But to have it manifest in the way he says, through DNA, I'm sorry. I can't buy that shit. I don't buy it for a minute. Now, possibly, if we didn't have civilization as we do right now, where there's no education, no interaction, then yeah, possibly. If, you've, if your family's, your tribe has always been at war with another tribe over there in Europe, most likely that's never going to end. Just the same as in Africa. I mean, I've talked about this before too. Guess what? Hey, it's almost a recap of a lot of my episodes. You know, one of the issues that they had in Africa after World War II is because these UN nations thought that they knew what they were doing and decided to create their own nations and borders. And the reason Nigeria had so many issues is they put five tribes together. There's no such thing as a Nigerian language. There isn't. There's five tribes. The Yoruba, the Benin, and there's like three others. They all had their own language. And the languages are disappearing now. Professors from universities are going over there to try to learn the languages before they're gone. Because in Nigeria, they speak British English. But these tribes who hated each other, who warred with each other, now all of a sudden are in the same country. So just as recent as less than 100 years ago, they were warring with each other. This is not unique to white people. And how they treat others. That's just the most recent thing in history. I mean, should the Italians have black body trauma? The Sicilians, they used to have blonde hair and blue eyes until the Moors came through and did what warring people did. Vlad Dracula. Good old Dracula. Transylvania, up in Romania. The Moors fought all the way up to him. 
all the way up through there doing what people did back then. The human race are pieces of shit, plain and simple. Civilization as we know it, technology, which has allowed us to communicate more thoroughly, a lot easier. I mean, I can, I've, I've learned more about Hong Kong from talking to some woman that lived over there for a couple years than not, I'm not talking to her. I talked to her for a couple years. She's lived there her whole life. I've learned more about Hong Kong and I haven't even had to go. You know, actually talking to somebody. That's what technology has allowed us. And it's allowed us to realize people really ain't much different. Other black folks I've talked to have talked about how racism between the black community and Hispanic community and or Asian community is worse than the racism between the black and white community. And he didn't mention that. Unless he's going to blame that on white body trauma too. And that we have caused them to fight. I don't know. I'm not accusing him of it. I'm saying I don't know. The point is, is... I think he overlooked some pretty important things from history and from points he was trying to make. Now, like with that white guy that got shot off his motorcycle, do I need him to give me every case? No. But if it's an actual trend where if you're white and get shot, you're going to get treatment as opposed to if you're black and get shot, you don't. I'd like more than one. If you're going to take the time to give me four or five examples of black people that were left to die, then give me four or five examples of white people who were helped. And be honest, were there any black people that were helped? In all fairness as well, not all this information is going to be easy to find. It's not all easy to find. It's not like there's a website out there that's just got all this information centralized for people to go and research. But I do feel like he stacked a deck in a couple areas when it came to this. And whether it was intentional or unintentional, or unintentional, (laughs) either way, whether it was intentional or not, Intentional or unintentional. I feel like he stacked the deck. But once again, does this mean he doesn't have good information and good points that he makes in the book? And like I said, when it comes to the things he tells people to do as far as... I mean, hell, he tells people they need to be exercising and things like that. You know, it's... That shit helps with stress. He's also, like I said, got meditative things to do. He's got a lot of good information in the book. But you have to get through the first part of the book. 
and that's not that there isn't any good information in the first part. It's just you got to be careful reading the first part. And you got to be careful no matter what color you are when you're reading the first book. Because just like there's white assholes out there, there's black assholes out there. That are going to just say, fuck yeah, it's not my fault. You fix it. Another brilliant thing he says is that trauma is not an excuse. Essentially to commit trauma on other people. To commit crimes, to hurt other folks. Just because you've been hurt ain't, ain't an excuse to go out and do that. Reminded me of a conversation I had with my ex-wife. You know, I was like 29 years old or 30 and she was 40. She had a shit childhood. No questioning that. But I told her, I was like, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick. But you are 40 years old. And at some point, you got to make the decision if... What kind of human being you're going to be. If you're going to be a good person. Or if you're going to allow the way your mother was to you. Dictate that you're going to be that same kind of person. Trauma is not an excuse to treat people like shit. You need to be able to work through it. So I'm not sure, I'm sure once I end this, I'm going to remember a ton of stuff I should have addressed and didn't. But, you know, it's, I feel like I've hit, definitely hit the main points. Like I said, I don't think he's the type of person to intentionally... Do some of this stuff. When you're... It's hard. When I was in college, they tried to make it a point to where if you get an idea to write a paper on, to do a project, you need to have the idea... I don't... I'm trying to think of an example. It's kind of a BS example, but... If you got the idea that the only people who drive blue cars are assholes, okay, there's your idea for the paper. But go and do the research, do the statistics, and write your paper. And then in the conclusion, okay, was your hypothesis correct or not? Don't just go out and look for the information that supports your idea. And once again, the topic that he's choosing is a hard topic to be able to go and do that with. It's a hard one. But I... I think he had the idea. I think in some areas... He's got a point. I think there's validity to what he says. But it feels, feels, once again, I'm not accusing, because I do not know the man. But it feels, in a couple places, like he stacked the deck. 
So that's my humble opinion. Once again, it's still a good book. I would honestly suggest reading it. Just know yourself when you do read it. If it's upsetting you, if it's pissing you off, set it down or turn it off. I listen to the audiobook. Take a break. Because it, it took me, I, I can't tell you how many months it took me to actually read the book. Because I, you know, to it isn't because it pissed me off that bad I needed so much time. It's just, I wanted to make sure every time I came back, I was 100% clear. 100% clear. So I listened to other books. You know, like Lonesome, like Fiction, Lonesome Dove, stuff like that. You know, I listened to Mia X's memoirs. You know, things my grandma told me, things my grandma showed me. You know, and it's got recipes in the back. Because she loves to cook. And I love Mia X. I think she's freaking badass. But, you know, the point is, I listen to other stuff. I listen to stuff that I truly enjoyed, you know, listening to, like the Lonesome Dove book. To help ease me. To help clear my mind. Get bad feelings out of my head. And then go back. And start listening to his book again. My Grandmother's Hands. Like I said, at one point, I almost just said, screw it. And I'm glad I didn't. Glad I didn't. So, you can do what you want with it, but... Any questions, comments, concerns? Well, once again... If you got, if you, if you, if you would share it, I, I would appreciate the support. If you'd rate it, this podcast, I'd appreciate that as well. Uh, subscribe if you listen to it and click on the notifications. So, you know, when I post stuff, cause like I said, I'm not just going to put shit out there just so I can hit the same day every week. You know, I'm not going to do it to me that that's what gets you crap. You know, if I had somebody to talk to every every week, if I had somebody to talk to every day, I'd put one out every day. But I don't, so. Um, questions, comments, concerns, hit me up on Facebook Messenger or email me at littlemb6580 at gmail.com. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-M as in Mike, B as in Bravo, 6580 at gmail.com. Until next time, y'all take care.